Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. Today is Monday, April 15th, 2019. We are reading from the Big Book, and we are in the chapter, There is a Solution, page 20, the first paragraph, you may have already asked yourself. Today's readers are The Twelve Steps, Alita J, Twelve Traditions, Judy F, and readers of the text, Martha Z, Rebecca S, and Lance P. The share ID for Sunday, April the 14th is 12781. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Alita J to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Alita J, compulsive overeater in Wisconsin. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Alita J. And Judy F. will read the 12 traditions. 
Good morning. I'm Judy F., a compulsive overeater from North Carolina. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Judy S. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive readers only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the chapter, There is a Solution. We're on page 20. The first paragraph, you may have already asked yourself. And Martha Z, could you please begin reading for us? Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your loving service. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from outside of Philadelphia. You may already have asked yourself why it is that all of us became so very ill from drinking. Doubtless you're curious to discover how and why, in the face of expert opinion to the contrary, 
we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. If you're an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? And good morning, my friends in recovery. So in the beginning it says how and why we've recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. So if I'm going to define how I see recovered, I think about that recovered means the, the obsession to compulsively overeat has been lifted. So it doesn't mean cured. I'll always have the allergy of the body, the physical allergy. But if I practice the 12 steps, my mental twist, my mental obsession will get straightened out. So um, in step 12, it says that we've had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps. So the spiritual awakening gives me a relationship with a higher power, which gives me the needed power to solve my problem, which is lack of power. So um, he does for me what I could never do for myself, and then I can be abstinent happily and um, contently. So I um, I just wanted to tell a quick story. Uh, last night, I there was a torrential downpour, really terrible thunderstorm, and I was awake, and I was awake for a really long time. And I started getting really fearful, and I started praying, and I was thinking about an AA speaker who said when he had a problem, he always said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So I started to pray that, and um, and I had all these fears, like I was worried about my mom's power going out, actually, but I started having all these fears, and um, I started um, praying for different people who I knew would have trouble in the storm, and then I was thinking about what Kim said yesterday about what would God have me be, so I started thinking about that with the fear prayer, and um, like I said, I was praying for people, and then I guess I, I did fall asleep. I had this dream, and in the dream, it was my birthday, and I was on the phone. I got off the phone, and I came walking into my dining room, and there was somebody there from my local meeting, and I said, oh, hi, and her husband was there. I said, this must be your husband, and then I walked into the rest of my my living room and there were about 20 or 30 people from my local meeting and I and they all came to wish me happy birthday and I said oh I'm so touched I can't believe you're all here and somebody said oh well you give so much to the meeting something like that you give so much to the meeting but the funniest part was um I Maura you ended up being there so (laughs) I don't know how that happened but anyway um so but the the spiritual awakening and all that is that when I was in my disease, I was always walking down the street and falling into the hole and climbing out of the hole, using all my energy, barely to surviving. And in recovery, I actually care about other people. I think about other people, and, and I want to be helpful to them. So I, to me, that's a total miracle. But the other part where it says... The second paragraph, what do I have to do? And what I was thinking was, is it doesn't matter what we think or what we feel. It matters what we do. And um, this is a program of action, and sometimes we have to act our way into right thinking. So anyway, I hope some of that made sense. I have, I'm very sleep-deprived. <laughs> Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Martha Z. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last day or two to take this opportunity. 
please say your name just once as it helps me hear everyone. Who would like to share? Sharon Kay. Was that Shirley? Sherry. Sherry, sorry, thank you. Anyone else, please press star one to unmute. Lisa B. Larry. Peggy H. I, was that Peggy? Yes. Katie G. Peggy. Great. Okay, let me tell you who I heard. I've got Sherry K, Lisa B, Larry K, Peggy H, and Katie G. Why don't we start with that lineup? Sherry K, can you start for us, please? Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Um, the line that stuck out to me this morning is, all of us became so very ill from drinking. You know, I didn't have any idea how ill I was. I mean, I knew I was discouraged. I knew that I lived in constant negativity. Um, you know, but it felt like it was the outside world that was the problem. And what stood out to me in this sentence this morning was the um, the black and white language that was used. It was like all of us become ill. Like if I have this problem, then I am very ill and so very ill. Like it's, and it's not just the physical illness. It's not just the weight. I constantly focused on the weight, but it is how it warps my mind and how self-destructive I become when I'm, um, when I'm drinking and it's, um, you know, when, when I start to focus on what I can control, what I can do, taking my action steps, all those things that I don't have control over just start to sort themselves out. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry Kay. Lisa B, it's your turn, followed by Larry Kay. Good morning, Lynn. Thank you for your service. My name is Lisa B. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina, and I I resonate so much with what was just shared. Um, so how I became so very ill and then how I recovered, um, I think for me what, what really helped, what really enabled me to cross over that line and get recovered was um, taking it as seriously as a heroin addict and as an alcoholic, I had to stop minimizing and saying, oh, it's just food, it's just food. I had been dead inside for a long time, and that became a comfortable way for me. I, even though it was very uncomfortable, it, it was really all I knew. And I think I secretly felt it was not possible to recover from this illness because, after all, I have to eat regularly how does someone recover how does someone recover and thank god for recovered fellows in oa because that's what did it for me it was hearing the voices 
And I could tell that you guys had suffered the same way I was suffering, but yet you were different. You were now recovered. And meeting someone in whom the problem has been solved on this line and asking her to please take me through the big book and share with me how she got recovered is what helped me. And then not minimizing, oh, it's just, you know, it's just a little extra bite here or if I go out and have it and don't have it in the house, that's okay. I had to really get honest and get totally abstinent. I had no idea how much of a foggy state of mind I had been in from the food. And even on healthy food, you know, just any type of overeating and using the food of in any way, shape, or form kept me blocked. And I had to put all of that down and be willing to listen. And I love how they say, if you want to get over it, you know, and there's a guy in the AA meetings that I go to, he says, you have to want it. But you know what? You really have to do it. Like I've talked to people that cry and beg and I could tell they want it, but they're not doing it. At least I had to do it. I had to do it. And I love what someone shares on this line, accepting I might be uncomfortable until I'm in the 10th step. You know, that very may well be the case. And that that has to just be accepted. If I want it and do it, I can get recovered. I have to really want it. And I have to see I'm very ill. And I have to keep coming back because I don't know what I don't know until I just keep coming back. <laughs> I keep learning every day. So um, thank you for your service, and I'm really glad to be here. I pass. Thank you, Lisa B. Larry K., it's your turn, followed by Peggy H. Hey, Lynn, thank you so much for your service. I, I don't, this is Larry K., recovered. I, I don't know why I became so very ill. You know, I, I don't know why I, I stole money without a conscience. I don't, I don't know why I, I assassinated people's character um, strangers, family members to their face. You know, I, I don't know why I did those things. I don't know why I, I was eating myself to death. I don't, I don't know all those reasons. I, I certainly explored some of those reasons. Perhaps you have as well. Um, but I, I just wasn't getting better. What, what happened? Um, you know, I, I came into these rooms. I'd like to tell you, I started working the 12 steps as they were intended to be, as our pioneers intended them to be worked. Uh, but that was not the case either. There was so much to learn. I needed to get, you know, beaten into a state of emotional and physical reasonableness, you know. And um, I think also what, what happened too is, you know, I learned that instead of waiting for the proverbial bus, you know, constantly waiting at the bus stop, watching people get on, I, I, at some point I realized I'm on the bus, <laughs> you know. I got to get on the bus. You know, I kept watching people getting on the bus, and I, I was hoping that maybe through osmosis or maybe I would get on the bus. I was waiting to feel, you know, courageous enough to get on the bus. I just was doing everything but willing to get on the bus, get on this program, this spiritual program, and do the work. You know, I do my part, and then God, I know this now, God will direct my thinking. If I choose not to do my part, what I know now is God can't get in. God will never force me to get on the bus. I could come here every day and watch other people, listen to other people. They're on the bus. They're, they're doing it. 
and just hope that maybe someday I'll get a feeling to do the same thing and it'll never happen. It never happened for me. I had to face my fears and get courageous in the midst of my fears. And then God, you know, came sprinting towards me. And yes, I was uncomfortable. And I like what Martha had to share about let's not diminish the fact that, you know, part of this thing is the obsession, it was eradicated, it was lifted, it's gone. I'm not suffering from that. Not because I'm some champion, special guy, I'm not. I got here on a losing streak. But because I was willing to do the work and somehow God changed me and that, that obsession was lifted miraculously. It's a miracle. That obsession was lifted, it's gone. I'm not troubled by it. And then, yeah, I began to change as a human being. Thank God for this program. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry K. Peggy H., it's your turn, followed by Katie G. Thank you. Yes, this is Peggy H., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Arizona. Um, I really identified with things that have been shared this morning, especially um, Lisa's... Um, account of you know really trying to play with the food for the longest time and not taking it as serious as a heroin addict um, that would be me um, even um, you know as a member of OA I um, I just wasn't convinced that um, I wanted to be convinced but I just wasn't convinced that um, a little white flour here and a little sugar there and um you know what's the big deal we're making too big of a deal of this and whatnot and um well it was finally uh hitting my bottom um of a behavioral health center that i never thought i would be in um god rest my mother's soul i i believe she had this um illness and um, just a beautiful woman. Um, uh, I like to describe her as like a um, mentally ill Mother Teresa. I mean, she just had that heart of gold, and I think she had this and didn't know it, and um, she actually did have a psychotic break. And um, and I was going there. Um, I had been going there and had been had had warnings and, you know, I don't know. It just took what it took. And so um, I finally did ask that question at the end of this paragraph, what do I have to do? And um, I, I finally came in with the, with the deepest gift of desperation. And I pray that I never, ever forget that. Um, on the beautiful side that Larry just described about the obsession being lifted, I went to a birthday party over the weekend um, of a matriarch of a family. It's your 75th birthday. Lots of grandchildren, and um, it's a lovely event. But we walked in, and this cake was made by one of the granddaughters. I knew she made cakes. Gorgeous cake, just a beautiful cake with these three-tiered and roses. And I just sat in awe of the beauty of the cake. I didn't think about anything else <laughs> I just thought wow what talent this is amazing and and then the event um, continued and um, there was some entertainment that grandchildren were doing a um, little talent show 
And this one little girl, about eight, just so cute. And she was having so much fun passing out the cake to everybody in the that was there. And I just was a, just in awe of just this little girl and how sweet. And she came and offered me some cake. And I smiled at her and said, shook my head and said no. And anyway, the next morning, my husband and I were hiking and it hit me. I didn't once think about that cake and that everybody was having the cake and I wasn't. And it was truly just so taking in the the event and being of service and not being in judgment about some of this these family dynamics that I used to be in judgment about. I just felt such a freedom. And I'm um, that's recovery to me, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you, Peggy H. Katie G., it's your turn. Good morning, Lynn. This is Katie G., recovered compulsive overeater, anorexic and bulimic. I mean, how many experts said to me, Katie G., there's no way you can live without Clonopin, Buspar, Meridia, Ativan. And, um, you know, they saw my mental illness. They saw this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And there's nothing wrong with medication. It is absolutely an outside issue. But for me, it did not treat this um, allergy of the body and this obsession of the mind. You know, and I'm talking about all the experts. And, you know, am I curious? Curious means desire to investigate and learn. And I became very ill from eating and starving. And I became very ill from abstinence only. I became very ill by not doing what I have to do, which is practicing entire abstinence and working the steps. And I think as has been previously shared, it's not what I have to do, feel, KDG. It's not what I have to think, KDG. It's not what I have to whatever. <laughs> it's what do I have to do? What actions do I have to take? Um, and that is so important to me today. And I, too, like, I was literally scared when people said they were recovered. I was like, there's no humility in that. There's no, there's no teachability in that until you in whom the problem has been solved taught me that life is livable without using food as a solution. And not only is it livable, it's enjoyable. And that means for these 24 hours contingent on what? not my spiritual condition, the maintenance of my spiritual condition, which means getting on my knees morning and night for me, praying, meditating, asking God for help, getting out of the God, the God you know, domain. That's not me. My life is still unmanageable because I have a new manageable. And of course, never using food again, not taking back red lights or saying, oh, you know, I think that's a yellow light food. Like if I put it down <laughs> in a state of desperation, it is a state of true insanity to pick it up. So thank you, God. Today I am recovered. I am not cured. I am, I am very, very much a human. I am very, very much an addict, but I am very, very much free. Thank you, God, contingent on the maintenance of what I have to do, um, you know, which is so clearly, beautifully, and lovingly outlined in this program. And if I don't stay doing the do, I'm not going to stay in spiritual fitness, and I will slowly uncover 
you know, the disease. So I'm just grateful to have a solution today and to be walking shoulder to shoulder with all of you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. For those of us who may have come on the line a little bit later, we are on page 20, the first paragraph you may have already asked yourself. And I'd like to encourage those who haven't shared in the last day or two to take this opportunity. And please say your name just once so I get everybody. P-I-S. Laura Leah S. Okay, let me tell you who I heard, and I missed a couple of people. I heard Laura somebody, Nessa R, Leah S, Russ M. Who did I miss? Angela D, Upper Westchester. Pia S in Florida. Is that Pia, P-I-A? Pia S. Pia S. Okay, this is who I have. Laura, Nessa R, Leah S, Russ M, Angela D, and Pia S. Let's go with that lineup. Laura, you're up. Good morning. This is Laura M in Missouri. Thank you very much for hearing me. Um, The two parts that stood out to me, I don't know why I do what I do. I spent a lot of years and a lot of money trying to figure out why I did what I did. And, um, you know, I got some glimpses, but really what I got was some excuses. I got some justifications, and it didn't really make a difference. Um, But the very last part of this paragraph, that's what made the difference. And what really impacts me is that long dash you know, there's the, the long dash and then says, what do I have to do? What that screams to me is that point of desperation when, you know, I finally got to that point where it didn't matter anymore why. I couldn't, it didn't make a difference. All my investigation hadn't changed anything and it just didn't matter why anymore. I just wanted to know what to do, and I was so fortunate that I had two people in my life that were in OA recovery and that they had made that known, you know, that I did, I knew that. Um, These were people that I knew from another 12-step fellowship, and so, and I was close to them, and they had shared that, and I had somebody that I could go to and cry out in that desperation, what do I have to do? And and that is such a gift and such an entry point to have that that dash, that that dash to, to allow me into what do I have to do and just to be at that point of complete willingness to hear um, someone else walk me into this process and then you know from just on through the various steps of willingness to pick up the phone to ask for help to to do the to do the deed and continue doing that deed every day um and just continue walking in this with y'all and i'm just so grateful to be a part of it and thank you all for your sharing every day i pass thank you laura m Nessa R, it's your turn, followed by Leah S. 
Thank you. Um, good morning, Lucian, for you. This is Nesta R., a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. So this uh, paragraph for me just poses two questions um, in disease and recovery, why and what. And for me, why is a tool of the disease that keeps me uh, stuck in self-pity and inaction, inaction, not in action, but inaction. Um, why do I have to be like this? Why can't I eat like a normal person? Why can't I eat everything I want and still be thin? Why, why, why? And, and it's just a rut. It's a hole from which I cannot climb out of. Um, in contrast, what is a tool of recovery? And as it says here, um, if you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? And of course, the answer is in this book, what you have to do is what the book says to do. Um, and then you recover that, you know, even then that is preceded by a very important qualification. If you are an alcoholic, number one, you've got to be a compulsive overeater. And, you know, I've met many people in the rooms who um, are not really compulsive overeaters. They come here for the food plan, the, the camaraderie, the fellowship, and they thrive because, you know, they don't have an allergy of the body, not just of the mind. You know, they, 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 they benefit from what we have. But you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it. And when I first came in, I don't know that I wanted to get over it. I'm for sure the real thing. I'm for sure I'm a compulsive overeater. But did I really want to get over it? Or did I really just want to find, you know, uh, reasons and justifications for why I could continue doing what I was doing and still be happy? You know, like I came looking for this so-called fat serenity, and thank you, God, I did not find it because there is no such thing. There is no such thing. Um, so if you are an alcoholic, yes, and who wants to get over it, yes, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? Because why does it matter? Why doesn't get me anywhere? So what if I get the answer? Okay, they tell me, okay, you know, like, this is the reason why you cannot um, eat anything you want in be thin. So what have I gained? Absolutely nothing. What I gain is when I, I'm told, do this, and then I do it. And this is exactly what happened. I met my sponsor, a, a person in whom the problem had been solved, who told me this is what you have to do, you know, and I was willing to do it. And I was willing to follow her instructions, which were the instructions containing the big book, you know, to put down the food entirely, 100% eliminate my trigger uh, uh, ingredients, uh, binge foods and behaviors, and then follow um, these steps exactly as outlined. And then, of course, the result is, we have recovered from a hopeless condition of mind and body. And this is, this is what happened to me um, when I decided I wanted to get over it. And with that, I passed. Thank you, Nessa R. Leah S., it's your turn, followed by Russ M. Thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. This is Leah S., recovered in Brooklyn. And me too. I'm going to piggy bank. What do I have to do? If you notice, um, you know, when I came into the rooms of a vision in 2013, all I did was call this line and I was petrified, but not only uh, afraid about all these powerful shares, but I was also paralyzed. What am I going to do? How am I 
ever going to get there? Is this something that is... And notice that, you know, you're not, do, you're not joining an exercise class. All you're doing is calling in on this line. You know what I did? I, I got encouragement in this line. I got hope, hope that that was unbelievable. I got tremendous love. I feel it on this line. I get, um, don't worry, we do this. We do this step by step, sentence by sentence, paragraph by paragraph. And just get out and do one little thing, Leah, one little thing. Keep yourself abstinent and then get yourself someone who can support you. And then get yourself someone else who can support you. And then more people who can support you. And give your support to others. That's all you have to do. And then all the rest will follow. And it does follow each and every single day. Thank you for letting me share. I pass. Thank you, Leah S. Russ M., it's your turn, followed by Angela D. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning, family. Russ M., recover compulsive overeater outside of Philly. Seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. They resonate. Those word, those letters and that sentence resonates. When I came in, I was on, on, on the brink of losing everything. Relationships, my family money, everything, the whole deal. And you know what? Over two years later, I'm still here. Last year at this time, I had a financial crisis dropped on me, and I didn't know what was going on. I thought I was done. I thought I was done. You know, my great sponsor would say to me, seemingly hopeless, buddy, I'm still here a year later, and it's getting rectified. I'm not trying to brag. It ain't, I have nothing to do with it, really. See, this this thing about fear and moving forward, that saying everything you want is on the other side of fear. In my heart, what I believe, everything that we want, the peace, serenity, everything is on the other side of working and doing and taking action, especially with this program. And you know what? Now I can do it, whether I'm scared, whether I'm confident, whether I have it figured out or not, I just take the, the action and God shows up and God shows up. And uh, if it's not for this program and God's grace, I have nothing. I have absolutely nothing. So, yes, it's a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And you know what? It's going to be seemingly hopeless at another time in my life, too. Probably. But I have this program and I have God through this program. I can't. I, I know who gets the credit. I know who gets the credit. Y'all have a great day. Have a great Monday. Love you. Thank you, Russ M. Angela D. It's your turn. Followed by Pia S. Can you Press hear me? Star one. Yes, can you, we can. Thank okay, you. Okay, Angela. Yeah. Well, I'm going to make it real short. Sorry, I don't have enough time. What do I have to do? Receive and believe the God of your understanding. He loves you. Work his powerful steps 
and fear not for today. Thank you, and God bless. Thank you, Angela D. Pia S., it's your turn. Good morning, Ben. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, thanks. Thank you for your service. This is Pia S., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. And um, oh, this paragraph spoke to me this morning. Uh, you know, I. I always used to ask myself, you know, why am I doing this? Why do I have this disease? Why, uh, why do I feel this way? And, and constantly asking that why, it, it got me to a lot of self-knowledge. And, um, and today I have to ask, you know, how can I recover? What do I have to do? And, um, and, uh, um, um it is uh, it is so important to me today to to be on this line. Um, in my last relapse, someone um, in vision uh, that I spoke with, she told me to stop listening to just the recording. Uh, try to be live on the meeting, participate, um, call recovered people, take action. And and today I. Uh, I have stopped asking why, uh, because I also realized that the why is such a negative word. My daughter, she, when I ask her to do things and when she asks why, I know that she's really saying, mom, I don't really want to do it. So I have to put the why aside and I have to take action. And, and one of the actions that I did was to make um, uh, you create the fellowship that I crave. So today I have what I call the back office. You know, God is the boss, and I have this amazing back office where I that I have hired a lot of people to support me, uh, and that I can support. So uh, I just encourage everyone to to just ask, uh, um, just forget about the why, because I will never know why I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, but I can ask how I can recover. And I can ask, how can I recover? What do I have to do? And uh, thank you all for amazing shares this morning. Very encouraging. And I'll pass. This is Kelly. Can I share? Yeah, you can hang on. We'll ask for some more people, Kelly. Thank you. So just a reminder, we're on page 20. We're in the first paragraph. You may have already asked yourself, and we're sharing on that one paragraph only. So who else would Lori like to share? A. Can... Lori M. A. Rasa O. Okay. I think I've got everybody that we can fit in, but let's see. We have Kelly, Lori A., Leah M., Charles H., and if there's time, Vasa O. So, Kelly, please go ahead. Yes, thank you so much for your service, moderator. This is Kelly L., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in South Carolina. I my last year is going to be short. I um <clears throat> you know my recovery depends upon my constant uh thought of others and how can I help the man who is still sick? And <clears throat> you know it can be something as as small as is helping someone get their groceries into their trunk of their car or um you know um encouraging someone telling them they look nice. I don't know. You know, it's it's whatever I can do uh, but I have to get out of myself, and I, I 
my recovery depends upon it and uh you know i can't give away what i don't have and and that's where the steps come in and um <clears throat> i'm just so grateful for this program and i'm grateful that i don't weigh 350 pounds anymore and uh i give all the glory to my higher power and um just grateful that uh recovery is there i know this is the last house on the block thank you and i pass thank you kelly l Lori A, it's your turn, followed by Leah M. Hi, everybody. This is Lori A from London, Ontario, Canada. Um, I'm currently in Sudbury. We had a bit of a family emergency, but it's really, really, really good to be on this line this morning. Um, I haven't been calling in for quite a while. I've been in relapse since February 26th. So this paragraph is quite fitting this morning. Uh, what I what really, really, really stands out for me is what do I have to do? Um, I know that I have certain actions that I need to do, and I haven't been doing them. And as a result, I've gone through sponsor after sponsor after sponsor. And um, I'm feeling quite uh, hopeless. Well, no, because I know there's a solution, but um, I'm just really, really, really grateful you guys are there because I know I just have to look on the website and look you up and call you and, and I will help help. I know that help is out there. So if I can gather up the courage to do that today, that would be really great. So God, give me the courage to do that. And if you guys could say a prayer for me, I'd really appreciate it. And if there's anybody new out there, please don't get discouraged by my share. I've been in OA for a long time and had some amazing sobriety. So um, I'm just really glad I'm here. Thank you so much for having this line for people like me to come to. Hope you all have a great day. Bye for now. Thank you, Lori A. Leah M., it's your turn, followed by Charles H. Thank you for your service. At a very young age, I was wondering, asking myself how I was becoming so very ill, you know, um, even before I hit double digits. It was clear to me that there was something different about me that this preoccupation with food and with eating was different uh, than my friends. Um, and my life was deteriorating faster than I could lower my standards as I got older in my teens. Um, compulsive overeating took over more life of my life, and my world got smaller and smaller. And I don't know about you, <laughs> but I never wanted to be a compulsive overeater. And this might surprise you, but my life goal was not to be here today on the phone speaking to you. I had other dreams and thoughts for myself, that's for sure. But I spent a lot of time, um, you know, over a decade uh, trying to discover how did I get to be a compulsive overeater? How did this happen to me? I didn't know, and I didn't have the time to figure out how I got to be a compulsive overeater because it was clear this was not about medical science or psychology. This was not about Freudian concepts because I was doing a good job discovering those. Um, I didn't have time to figure out 
how I got to be a compulsive overeater because I was dying during the investigation. The truth of the matter was I was suffering from a spiritual malady. I didn't understand the grave nature of my illness. I didn't understand the depths to which this addiction would grab me by the roots of my hair and drag me through a progression that was so voracious and so torturous. Um, I didn't understand the exact nature of this problem. Therefore, I didn't realize the seriousness and the urgency and the necessity uh, for this solution that we're reading about here. Um, the big book gave me that education and someone in whom the problem had been solved and I was beat to a pulp and it was bloody and it was ugly. <laughs> it was very ugly. I began to listen and to do as only the dying could. Um, the big book consistently uses the word recovered and not recovering because the big book uses recovered because that shows a compulsive overeater, another compulsive overeater, that there is a hope and a possibility of a complete change in life. That's the advertisement we have for you today, that truly there is possibility of a daily reprieve that I have and that you can have as a result of this program of recovery. And it's not magical. Uh, that's for sure, but it is miraculous. It is miraculous. I had no, no thought that my life could ever, ever, ever be anything different. I had no thought that this compulsive overeating would ever stop. No human power could relieve me from my compulsive overeating, but God would and could if he were sought. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah M. Charles H., it's your turn, followed by Vasa O. Thank you, Lynn S. What it do? Um, this is Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, it took a long time for me to discover that why is the opposite of acceptance. And not because I'm a scholar. Um, I'm definitely not a scholar. But um, in studying this text, the big book, we know it's full of promises, right? We know it's full of warnings. We know it's full of instructions. It's also full of questions. And in the next three pages, 20, 21, 22, 23, you're going to see why a lot. Um, why, and, 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 and for what the big book says is we can't answer the riddle. I, there's a lot of riddles I can't answer. Why? I don't know. What? Um, work these steps like my hair's on fire. How? One day at a time at an extremely fast, rocketed, jet-like pace. And what's the other one? I don't know. Who cares? But I'm just saying, there's a lot of questions um, in the big, throughout the whole big book. You know, and um, some questions are better than others. But why? Don't matter. Why is a form of control, which is fear, is perfectionism, is I ain't going to move, I'm paralyzed, I'm stopped, I can't do it. No, you can do it. You don't want to do it. You know? How how do we do this? One day at a time, putting down the food, 100 million percent, you know, being at ground zero and then working these steps at a feverish pace. And I'm going to leave time for that other person because I know she got something more. He got something good to say. Thank you, Charles H. And Vasa O, you'll be our last share today. Please go ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, moderator. And I am grateful Recovered Compulsive Ovidia calling from Port Chavez, Florida. It's a good paragraph. Why, why? I don't know why I did those things, and I've been looking for solution 
for many years in my life how to put the food down. And I tried to put it down, but I always picked that up. So I just, I'm just so grateful that somebody led me to Overeaters Anonymous. And I was ready. I, I was saying, just tell me what to do. It's as if you are an alcoholic who wants to get over it, you may already be asking, what do I have to do? I wanted to live more than die. And it was getting so progressive. It's by the grace of God, I didn't get yet to, to, to some of the people I've gotten to yet, and my mother died from this disease. So I didn't know I had a disease. I didn't know I had the allergy. I had no clue, but I'd been looking for the solution for 25 years of my life, how to put the food down, and I couldn't. I could put it down just for a little bit, maybe a day or two or three days, and I, by the time I came to OA, I could not even do one meal to the next, you know, without something put in my mouth. So to me, it was like a miracle, you know. I don't, you know, not to put anything in my mouth from breakfast to lunch or from lunch to supper, whatever way, you know, we work our food abstinence, you know. But I had no clue that I, I, my sponsor said, we need to find a power greater than my, ourselves. And I was ready. I, I will surrender. I will surrender to a higher power. I'll surrender to God. I will surrender to this program the 12 steps, whatever it takes, I just don't want to die. And she said, okay, put the food down and follow the directions because we need to have the clarity to work the steps the way they laid out. If I'm into the food, I don't have the clarity to work the steps. So I took her direction. I said, oh, okay. I wish I could tell it was easy to go through the withdrawals and to go through the mental obsession, not to get back to the food, but it's by the grace of God, the mental obsession lifted. I don't know how long, two, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, I don't know, but it's lifted, it's gone, it's lifted. What a freedom just to work the rest of the steps. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa. Oh, and thank you to everyone who shared and to Team Monday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for today, Monday, April the 15th, the 7 a.m. meeting is 12782. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Rebecca ask, please read A Vision for You, our book is meant to be suggestive only. Yes, good morning. This is Rebecca F. from Connecticut, a recovered compulsive overeater. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. 
Clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you find, and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.